back from Guatemala, uh, for sure. It was an incredible trip. We had an awesome time. We sweat a lot, um, more than I've ever in my life. But it was, uh, but it was awesome. And we were um, beyond that, beyond the the work, beyond the exhaustion, the uh, the time with the people, the um, just the way in which I know we were blessed far more than we blessed them. Um, it was an incredible trip. And I can't wait to tell you all about it. And that's going to happen on September 24th is when we're going to actually have the service where we talk about that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, God did some amazing things, showed us some awesome stuff. Um, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Um, if, if you're new with us, I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor. And uh, again, glad to have you here. Um, and I want to get started um, actually with, with an analogy. If you've seen the movie uh, The Hunger Games... Uh, there is, yeah, some of us are like, cool, and then others are like, really? Um, so forgive me, but there's a, there's a good analogy here, because if you've seen it, there's this, um, this, this kind of gladiator arena, if you will, that everybody's fighting in, that the, the tributes, the people that are fighting in this uh, are in, and, the, um, and, and there's something that has to happen before this starts, before the battle starts, and before they begin fighting each other, there's this period of time where they are uh, trying to impress the sponsors. Because during the fight and during the, the games, um, there is an opportunity for somebody to sponsor them and to send down some help for them. And usually that shows up in the form of something falling from the sky in a parachute uh, that is a supply, something to help them, provide for them in their time of need. And the thing is, though, before the games start, the, the people that are battling each other, they have to impress the sponsors so that when they are battling, they know that they can have something. If you don't impress any sponsors, you're pretty much going to be all on your own. So they're spending time before the game's doing that and trying to impress people. And it makes me wonder. I feel like that's our mentality towards God way too often. Way too often, that's our mentality towards God. And worse yet, we think that that's how God is. Meaning, we'll, we'll say something like this. God, please, please like me today. God, please, today, we, I, I pray that you like me today. We maybe don't say these words, but this is how we act, right? Like, I, I, I didn't have a good day yesterday, Lord, so please don't take it out on me today. Or I did this thing. And, you know, Lord, if, if I impress you, Today, then I know that you'll let your blessings fall down on me like a parachute from the sky, right? Why do we try to people please God? Why do we try to people please God? That's what we do. Or when things don't go our way, we think that God is mad at us and that I'm just being punished for something that I did or, or didn't do especially when we go through seasons of life that are really tough and are really hard. I remember in 2015 was one of the toughest seasons um, for our family in regards to uh, medical issues. We had more medical problems in our family of six um, than we ever thought we needed to be ready for in a matter of one year. It was about six months um, where it just seemed like one after the other happened. And, and it started with uh, Lincoln, our, our middle son, um, breaking his foot. And so we were um, 
they were skating on their scooters. He rolled his foot under, broke his foot. Um, so we ended up having to, you know, take him to the hospital and, and he gets a cast on and all of those things like you do, cast up to here. Right after he gets cast off, um, he starts having some belly issues. Uh, long story short, um, within a, about a week or so, we end up having him in the hospital and he's in the hospital and they can't figure out what's wrong with him right up front. And he's got these belly issues. Don't Google stuff when you're in that position. Let me just encourage you in that way. Google will mess you up. Um, turns out it was salmonella, that he had salmonella. And, and in a weird way, we were like, oh, thank God. You know, because when you're Googling, because they're like, we can treat this. We know what it is. We know how to handle it. It's fine. Still, I mean, it was salmonella. But so, so that's, that happens. Um, and then right after that, um, my wife had a medical issue that I'm not going to talk about. Um, that one's a little too personal, but it was still another medical issue right in the middle of that. And then right after that, Wilson starts having these belly issues himself. Now, Wilson's our youngest. He, he was, uh, oh man, how old was he at the time? He was five? Yeah. No, three. Three or four. Um, yeah, I can do math. I know when he was born. Um, <laughs> but he was, so he starts having these belly issues. And it was about every 20 minutes, something was going on where he was just writhing in pain about every 20 minutes on the clock. Turns out what it was, was something that had happened to Lincoln when he was 18 months old, which is called an intussusception. And an intussusception, if you don't know, is where your intestines will literally telescope in, like how a telescope unfolds, your intestines will kind of fold up that way. And then when your intestines start doing what they do, it creates excruciating pain. And the problem with that is if your intestines rupture, now you've got basically poison going throughout your body and you've got really, really bad problems. This is a really rare thing. It happens in kids mostly. And the doctor literally said to us, it's a one in a million chance that you're gonna have two kids do this. And I'm like, well, nailed it. Um, and, and so Wilson starts having these belly pains and, it, and it's looking awfully similar to what had happened with Lincoln. So I take him to, you know, after we were pretty sure that's what it was and it wasn't just like gas or something, you know what I mean? We take him to the hospital and I, and I walk in carrying him and I'm like, possible in a susception. Well, you say that in an ER, a children's hospital ER, they move you right to the front, right to the front because they're like, this kid could have a half an hour, literally. And so it took us right to the front, took us right in. So uh, long story short, they did a little um, surgery on him to fix it and he's been fine since. Um, however, while we were in there, um, we're talking to the surgeon, we tell him about how Wilson's been limping around and he's got this little foot problem and he was limping for a while and we thought it was just a splinter in his foot. We thought we got the splinter out and we told the doctor all this and, and he looked at his foot and was kind of feeling around and he's like, I wanna x-ray his foot. So this is while he's in for an interception. He gets his foot x-rayed, doctor comes back to us and he goes, we're gonna do emergency surgery tonight. We're like, what? Turns out there was a one-inch piece of wood up in his foot. The kid will not keep shoes on. <laughs> he, he, he jumped into a pile of mulch on my watch, um, barefoot, and I thought that we had gotten the, the splinter that was out of there. Turns out a piece of mulch went up into his foot and broke off. It was millimeters from the bone. It was starting to infect inside. Luckily, the surgeon was like, no, we can take care of this, but we got to do it like tonight. So it was like 1.30 in the morning. He's like, you know, we can't wait. We got to do it now. So that happens, 
right? That's all in just a couple of months. I'm not done. <laughs> later, uh, about a month later, maybe less than that, uh, my wife is sewing something and um, sews a needle right through her finger. Yeah, she's like, I'm not going to the hospital. We don't need another hospital visit. That's a whole nother story. She, you know, so that happens. And it's like one more thing. And we think we're done. We get to the end of the year, Christmas Day. Lincoln and Wilson uh, running around. Yeah, my family's like, oh. Um, they're, they're running around between my parents' kitchen and living room. And they're just running in circles, like you do when you're little. Well, Wilson was exactly this height to Lincoln. And they're running around, and he's in front. And he turns around and hits, Wilson, uh, hits Lincoln right here. Three teeth. <laughs> Gone. We couldn't find one for a little bit. Blood everywhere. It's Christmas Day. Like, what do you do? Luckily, a really good friend of ours is a dental hygienist, and she came over and, um, and all of that. And we're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, the hit, like, it was just one thing after another. It felt like every week or two, we're like, who's getting hurt today? You know, it, it just... We couldn't catch a break. We were beyond discouraged. Discouraged was, was an understatement for how we felt. We couldn't catch a break. Medical bills start stacking up. And we're like, God, what is happening? What's happening? What did we do wrong? You start asking those kinds of questions. I fail to believe that there's not some of us here who have been there, maybe are there. You just feel like you just keep getting hit one after the other after the other. And, like, and, and you start asking the real question, God, what did I do wrong? Why, like, why? Can we, can we just catch a break here? Thankfully, though, as we endure through life, we don't have to try to make God like us. So let's sniff that one out right now. We don't have to make God like us. God loves us because that is who he is. He loves us because that is who he is, not because we've done something great to make him like us or to stay in his good graces. We don't have to people please God. He is gonna help us in our time of need, but that help isn't always what we think it should be. And there's this verse that is often quoted and often used as encouragement for us uh, in tough times, especially in tough times that seem insurmountable. And this is the verse, Philippians chapter four verse 13 and it says this for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength and this is a great verse this is a powerful verse a lot of people use this verse with great intentions Tim Tebow put this on his eye black one year and it was like the most googled thing in the world for uh, for a couple of days and it's always quoted with good intentions the intentions are always great when it's quoted to somebody, but rarely is it used in the proper context. In fact, often it kind of brings a false hope. And why do I say that? The reason I say that is because we still end up with tough questions. Somebody throws this verse to us and we still have tough questions. I can do everything through Christ. Great, why can't I pay my bills? I can do everything through Christ. Why can't I cure this illness that's going on in my family right now? Why can't I jump over this building? Why can't I lift this car? Why can't I beat this addiction? We're left with some very real questions. So I want to put this verse in context for us today. 
Today's talk is called I Can Do All Things. And yes, I believe that through Christ we can do all things. Through Christ who gives us strength. But, but just because I can do all things doesn't mean that I will do all things. And it also doesn't mean that I should do all things. Because I'm not God and neither are you. Have you ever thought about the fact that God's sovereignty, the fact that he's in control of all things, that that is smarter than our desires? Our desires block us from really understanding God's sovereignty. And when we do understand his sovereignty, you know what we find? We find peace and joy in all circumstances. This is what Paul's really talking about. When we understand God's sovereignty, we find peace and joy in all circumstances because you know deep down, this is what we all really want in life. I mean, really boil it down. It's, it's this. We want peace and joy in all circumstances. Listen, we are so stressed out. We are so stressed out. All around. We have anxiety is at an all-time high. You know where people weren't as stressed out as what we see here is the people in Guatemala. And they have a tenth of what we have here. Do the math. We're really stressed out. We just want a safe place. I mean, honestly, think about this for a second. Don't you just want a, a safe place to lay your head? To find, to find comfort, to find security? Philippians chapter four is what we're gonna be looking at today. And we're gonna see how Paul found that in God and how we can find that. So if you have your Bibles, if you have the Bible app, you can certainly follow along with me there. And we're gonna look at Philippians four. And yes, we're gonna look at Philippians 4.13, but we're gonna put it in its proper context. And I think you're gonna see not only a different perspective on it, but I think you're gonna find a different kind of hope and a better kind of hope than just wishful thinking. So let's start in verse four, Philippians chapter four. Verse four through seven, Paul says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon, so don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Paul's sitting in prison again. He got arrested for preaching the gospel again. And he sends this letter to the church in Philippi. And it's incredible to think about that because it's such a positive letter. And his perspective on this is so encouraging throughout this letter that he writes to the church in Philippi. They, they sent him a financial gift to help provide for him while he's in prison because that was a thing that needed to be done. And he sends this letter back to them as a thank you. A thank you and, and more. Wisdom from God through his experience and the things that he's found. Because he's not in a great spot. But you wouldn't know it based on what he's writing and he's sharing. 
He's sharing his thoughts. And so here we see the power of our thoughts again, because he gets into that. He gets into what is the, you know, the, the power of our thoughts. And so I'll say this again. If you don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. I'm like, Jay, is this the last time you're using this slide? I don't know. I've used it a lot. But you know what? It, it, the reason I have is because it matters. I just can't get away from it. Because too often, we don't do this because we don't let the Holy Spirit, we don't let the Lord help us when it comes to what we're thinking versus what we do. There's always something to complain about, right? We are great, if at nothing else, complaining. We can always find something to complain. The road, I can't believe the road construction. I can't believe that this. They're tearing up both roads. Really? School starting. Why are we tearing up the roads in front of the school? We can keep going, right? All those things. And that's just that. There's a whole lot of things we can complain about. But you know what? As a follower of Jesus, we can and should be able to see the beauty of God and his hand in every life circumstance. And that's what Paul is saying next as he's really talking about our thoughts. Let's keep reading. Verse eight, he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. And then, then the God of peace will be with you. See, Paul's joy wasn't based on sunny optimism wasn't based on just, just a mindset, a positive mental attitude, as much as it was in the confidence of God and the confidence that God was in control. It really was joy in the Lord because that's really where we're gonna find our joy is in, in the Lord, not in our circumstances and not in complaining about them not being the way that we think they should be. So let me ask you this. Do you give God the credit for the success that comes your way. Sometimes it's hard to do that because we, we go to God when things aren't going great and, and we pray and we beg and we ask and then, and then maybe things actually do get fixed or some version of that happens in our mind and do we even take a minute to say thank you and to praise him in those times? Sometimes. Oftentimes we just forget because things were going the way that started going the way that we wanted and so we're good and we can just continue riding that wave. Do you trust him when you're going through tough times as well? Let's keep reading, verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Oh. And now we see it. And now we see the full context of what he's talking about. It's Philippians 4.13, an important verse. You better believe it. But it's about God's provision. It's not about super strength. It's not about throwing touchdowns. And it's not about power over circumstances. It's really about contentment in 
all of life's situations. Which is honestly, honestly, that is more powerful than we want to admit. That's so much more powerful than we want to admit. Let's go back to what I said at the beginning. How powerful would it be in your life to find peace and joy in all circumstances? How powerful would that be? Listen, I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to all of us today. To know that you have a safe place to lay your head and just be. I can't put a dollar amount on that. On how much I think each and every one of us would love to have that. See, contentment Contentment is found in simple dependence on the only one who strengthens us. But instead, what we do is we let our circumstances dictate our relationship with God and our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with others. And our attitude rives the wave of the situation. Attitude, that's a settled way of thinking or feeling. That's typically reflected in in how we behave. So what if Paul is saying that what we should really do is kind of reverse engineer that through the knowledge that we have about God and the power of his Holy Spirit that is within us? Meaning this, our circumstances shouldn't dictate our attitude. Our attitude should dictate how we react to our circumstances. Let me say that again. Our circumstances shouldn't dictate our attitude. Our attitudes should dictate how we react to our circumstances. And you're like, yeah, I hear that, Jay. That's easy for you to say standing up there. Yeah, it is. I know. That doesn't mean that I'm wrong. And I know that this is hard to do. Yeah. See, rarely is the circumstance as bad as we make it out to be in our own mind the highlight reel that we run through our own head. It's not nearly as hopeless as it seems in the moment a lot of times. And a lot of the reason that we freak out is because of the attitude that we walked in with that wasn't shaped by God. See, he provides for us so much. He provides for us in our weakness when we need to forgive and when we need to reconcile. He provides when it seems like we don't have enough and we don't have enough to survive. He provides. You're still here. He provides for us when we have a ton, when we're in maybe a a time of, of abundance and a lot. And he brings us peace when we're anxious and and. And he guards our hearts if we'll let him. And he guards our minds with his truth. And the more we're in his word, the more he can do that. See, Paul's awareness of Jesus' love and presence, it gave him hope and it gave him humility. He's sitting in prison. But he was fully aware of the power and provision of God. His attitude was formed by his understanding of who God is. That's what formed his attitude. And who God says he is 
and the power that is within him to utilize it. And I hope that you are seeing that today, who God says you are and the power that you have, the Holy Spirit within you to utilize the power of God. Do we forget about the power of God? I think we do. I think we do. And you know why? And you know when? We forget when our circumstance, when our circumstances dictate our attitude, that's when we forget. And then we put God in a box and then we limit him. But can I remind you of something? That God's power and provision are limitless. His power and provision are limitless. So whatever you think about the limits of God, you're wrong. (laughs) Because his power and provisions are limitless. Listen to me, you need to claim this truth today. You are a child of God. And that is not a statement to take lightly. You need to claim this truth, you need to claim this promise today, and you need to let that set your attitude. God's power and his provision are limitless so we can have confidence that our every need will be supplied. Our every need will be supplied. See, obedience is your responsibility, but the results are his. And so your definition of need may not be God's definition of need. And so all you need to really do is obey. Obedience is your responsibility. The results are his. So stop taking the results in your arms and trying to carry them because it's not yours to carry. You're a child of God. You know, I think back to that story with, um, you know, with, with all that stuff that happened in 2015. Let me kind of wrap that because I didn't tell you everything. Wilson's surgery that he had to have on his foot Had Lincoln not had the interception when he was 18 months old, we wouldn't have probably recognized what was going on with Wilson when it happened to him. And had that not happened to Wilson, and had we not taken him into the hospital, I don't know what would have happened with that piece of wood that was stuck in his foot. But I do know this, that the surgeon came out and told us, said, had we not done the surgery probably today or within the next couple of days, in the day in which we did it, Wilson probably would have lost his foot because it was that close for the infection to start spreading into the bone. And when it spreads into the bone, you're done. He would have lost his foot. See, the results are his. Did we still have medical bills piled up? Yeah. (laughs) Did we have to figure that out? Yeah. But you know, God provided in amazing ways there as well. We didn't just have like a treasure chest dumped on our front porch, if that's what you think. It's not what happened. It took some time. It took more trust. It took more humility. It took more attitude shifting. It took being content in the Lord. It took good stewardship. Because I was and I am convinced that he gave us everything we needed. And we learned so many things from that time and from those, I don't know, about six to eight months where it just felt like every other day we were getting a two by four upside the head. And what are we gonna do with this now? What kind of parents are we? Our kids just keep going in the hospital. 
all those kinds of things. Listen, if you're struggling in a similar way, if you can relate to this, and I know, I know that a lot of us can. If this idea feels a little too familiar and it seems like your situation seems just insurmountable right now, you know what God taught us and what God was saying to us through it and what I believe God might be saying to you right now is that I'm gonna give you, he's saying I'm gonna give you what you need for today so that you can trust me for tomorrow. Because that's all ever God really gives us. He gives us what we need for today. Because if he gave us everything and he gave us the whole picture and he gave us the whole map, the problem with that is that we would do it and we would mess it up. He can't give us everything because we're not God. He'll give you what you need for today so that you can trust him for tomorrow. And he will guide and direct you and be walking right beside you through it all. I promise you. Just keep your eyes on him. Keep your trust in him and understand that his power and his provision are limitless. So whatever ceiling you think you can put on the power and provision of God, he's about to kick it through. But it may not be in the way that you think. So my connection point for the day is, is actually this. That God gives us everything we need for today so that we can trust him for our tomorrows. See, our God is not limited so stop acting like he is. Stop acting like because your situation today is awful that he forgot about you and that your tomorrow is hopeless. Stop thinking that you've disappointed him so much that now you're just being punished and that that's what's going on. Because that's not God. I find that nowhere in scripture. I find that in our own head when we get inside our own head. You are a child of God and he loves you so much. And you need to remember that through him, yes, you can do all things, but it's about the provision and power of God and you to be content in his arms and know that he's got you safe and secure right where you're at. So he's gonna give you everything you need for today. Will you trust him? for tomorrow. Will you bow your heads with me? His power is not limited. His provision is not limited. And your situation is not hopeless. He's going to be there walking you through it. It may take some time, but he's gonna be there. If you need somebody to pray with, if you need somebody to talk to, we got people in yellow lanyards that would love to talk with you and pray with you, even just listen. You just need a shoulder to cry on. Listen, that's what church family's about. I know that there's some of us in here who, who are getting hit right between the eyes with the Holy Spirit right now. Will you just give him a few more minutes? Maybe part of the reason is because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. 
And maybe part of the reason is because you just feel like God's been punishing you through the things that are going on. And can I promise you and tell you that that's not the case? He loves you and wants to come right beside you through it all. And as followers of Jesus, sometimes that can be tough for us as well. Because we forget, because we let our attitude dictate. So if, if you need to maybe make a decision, you need just a shoulder to cry on, you need somebody to pray with, you can certainly come find one of the people in the yellow lanyards right now. Or you can wait till after the service as, as well. But if you want to know more about having a relationship with Jesus, maybe that's the place you should start. Maybe giving your life to Jesus is the decision that you've needed to make to make everything come around. And if that's you today, we'd love to talk to you. Heavenly Father, I love you so much and I thank you that your power and your provision are limitless. God, help us to just be obedient and to remember that the results are in your hand. I pray for, for my church family here, for these, my brothers and sisters in Christ, for those that are here that are struggling with stuff. Lord, I know for a fact that there are some people in here who just feel like they're getting kicked left and right. God, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would put your arms around them, that you would, that you would show them your peace and your joy in all circumstances and remind them in a powerful way that you're right there. I pray that you would show up in a powerful way for them. God, if there's one that doesn't know you as Savior, let today be that day. We thank you so much for who you are, for what you've done for us on the cross. We thank you that you're alive and you're coming back to get us one day and we can't wait for that day. In Jesus' name, we pray.